Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to My Perfect Console. I'm Simon Parkin and in each episode I invite a guest to pick the five video games they would like to immortalise on their very own fictional games machine. Perhaps it was the first game they received as a birthday present or the one that so obsessed them it caused them to fail their exams or maybe it was the only thing that got them through a difficult breakup. Games, a bit like songs, often become powerfully attached to a particular moment in our lives. When we return to them, they can become warp points to the past. So join me, Simon Parkin, for my perfect console. My guest today is the Japanese designer of some of the most transcendent music-themed video games yet made. He graduated with a degree in media aesthetics from Nihon University, then inspired by a photograph of a VR headset made by NASA, joined Sega hoping to work on a similar project. A keen sports car enthusiast, he developed the arcade racing game Sega Rally Championship, then during a research trip in Switzerland, attended a dance music concert and found himself in a crowd of tens of thousands. Seeing how the music, lights and bodies move together set him on a new path towards making full sensory digital experiences. In 2001, he released Res a trance-themed game in which players shoot down computer viruses in time to the beat. It is today widely regarded as one of the high points of digital expression. I still feel like I am in the middle of my career, he once told me. I've only achieved half of what I want to, and I've not lost my excitement about games. Welcome, Tetsuya Mizuguchi. Hi, Simon. Um, how are you, Miz? I'm very good, very good. Uh, I'm in Tokyo now. The Tokyo is, you know, the dry and the cold. So how, does, how are you? 
Simon. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm in um I'm in the UK and it's very cold here, like really frosty outside, but um, <laughs> Yeah, and you're, uh, we're talking you're in the evening and I'm in the morning, so um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for staying late. <laughs> no, it's my pleasure. So so it's recently been announced that Res Infinite is coming to Sony's new updated virtual reality headset. Um <laughs> the game is 22 years old, but it still looks as though it's brand new. It looks like it was made today. <laughs> what do you What do you think gives uh, Res this ageless quality? Yeah, so we applied to the current, you know, the technology, and uh, of course, you know, the graphic is so crispy in the high res, and uh, yeah, sound is also. But you know, the most most hot topic is you know we apply to uh, your PSVR two. And uh, so we, yeah, we had uh, eye tracking control. This is a very new thing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very exciting moment, you know. Um, so just explain what, what that does, eye tracking. How does that affect rest? Uh, you know, you can use your eye movement and tracking uh, for, yeah, the, for the shooting. And um, <clears throat> so, yeah, you can, you know, you can shoot, uh, you can use the eye tracking, you know, the, the moving the scope. To direct. Yeah, direct. Yeah. So uh, I think this is a new experience for everybody, right? Yeah. So this is like, a, <laughs> you know, a, the future dreamy experience, like, yeah. you know, in a movie. Shooting lasers from your eyes. It's like very futuristic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So play feel a little bit different, but I think everybody loves to play it's getting you know fun immediately so and everybody can feel oh this is a new experience you know they're using a new tech yeah i hope so when you were working on the game in 2000 and 2001 did you have any idea that it would have such a long life that it would still be played and still relevant 20 years later um yeah i i had to uh, you know this is a dreamy dreamy you know the future scope and the vision but i had no confidence you know about evolution of technology so i thought it would be take a long long time you know to achieve that kind of a future experience until uh new technology came but um, it's getting coming, you know, very quickly and rapidly, uh, more than you know I thought. So uh, yeah, uh, very very exciting yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, you'd always been interested in virtual reality, hadn't you? And I think I remember you saying that you'd were a little frustrated when Res came out that it wasn't for VR. Uh, but there, of course, there weren't really any VR headsets at that time. So Yeah, um, that's right. That's right. So my first job at Sega was, I'm as a, uh, I can say, you know, XR, uh, Game Gear, Hetman, you know, mm. Hetman Game Gear. Yeah, you used a game, a game Gear sort of as the screen inside a VR headset. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. There was a kind of, kind of AR so, Buzz of Earth, that was 1991. Uh, this is a huge, huge <laughs> headset. And uh, those, those are real ugly <laughs> looking. But so I had, uh, you know, that kind of a curiosity and uh, motivation. So, yeah, after that, you know, 10 years later uh, from the first, the Game Gear AR experiment, I met Rez. 
And I had uh, the vision, you know, uh, if I can use that kind of technology into Rez experience, but that was impossible at the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so the, the premise of the podcast is I'm asking you to pick the five video games you want to put on your perfect uh, mini console, a bit like a Super Famicom Mini or something. Um, and uh, yeah, can you tell us about the first game that you picked, um, which is a very early example of a video game? What is it and when did you first play it? My first one, um, that was, that is Pong Atari. Atari. So this is my first game I played. Oh, I think I was 10 or 11 years old kid. And uh, I went to my friend's house and I saw <laughs> the Pong. And that was the first time, you know, uh, some device connected to, you know, the TV, the house TV. And uh, TV was color, but the game was black and white. In my memory, <laughs> so, I don't know exactly, but yeah. in my memory, <laughs> game was black and white. And uh, that was the first interactive, you know, thing. <laughs> interactive thing, you know. That was the first time I en- encountered, you know, uh, that kind of things and experience. I played Pong with my friend. You know, the moving the controller. Yeah, so you use a rotator yes. dial, don't you, yeah. to move the bat back and forth. And it's a bit like tennis for anyone who's not seen it. But everyone knows what a pong is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that was a very simple game, but it's so fun. And anyway, you know, first interactive experiment experience, you know, for everybody. So, and uh, sound is like very primitive sound, but it's very addictive. <laughs> The game is very simple, but real addictive. And uh, yeah, so everybody, <laughs> yeah. Did you did you go home from your friend's house and ask your parents if they would buy you Pong? I think I did, but nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing happened. So is this your friend that you mentioned here? Because I know you had a friend who his parents owned a toy shop. Was that this friend? Yes, yes. Oh, it yes. was. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, his, his parents shop, 80, you know, the mini, the new games, you know, technology and the new game after Pong. So those like, uh, you know, toy box. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like a gate and a door, you know, to the future you know, <laughs> all the time, you know. I love, I love to visit his place. I bet, yeah. That's a good friend to have when you're 10 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were you allowed to, um, you know, try out the toys? Could you get stuff out of the boxes or or were you not allowed to do that? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Okay, nice. <laughs> and um, so y- you weren't, you didn't, you weren't, your parents didn't buy you a Pong, but at what point did you get your first game console in your house? Actually, um, I didn't buy any consoles when... <laughs> I joined to Sega. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> My friend at the many consoles, you know, uh, I can go there. <laughs> and, uh, okay. and, uh, I don't want to, I don't want the game console in my room. 
So for many reasons. So yeah, why? Why? Um, I wanted to focus, you know, the, my creative, you know, the time and the creation when I was, you know, a uh, university student. Huh. Interesting. And uh, yeah, the high school time, um, I had uh, many other things <laughs> I wanted to do. I love to play games. But at the time, I went to my friend's house and I went to game mm. center. Arcades. Yeah, arcade. I went arcade in the game center many, many times. And I spent a time, a long time. You yeah. know, I spent money <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so, but that was my kind of you know, inspiration, mm. heaven to me. Do you remember what arcade games you played in the game center? Yeah, so many games, including arcade, you know, driving, separation type of game, Hang On, Afterburner, and um, the shooting games, like, you know, all type, Tetris also, and uh, I love to be there, yeah, long time, you know. And you you were always interested in the physical objects, I suppose, that is an arcade machine. You were always interested in that. We we also, yeah. you mentioned earlier that when you get to Sega, you try and build your own VR headset. Um, were you an inventor when you were a kid? Did you like making things? I loved what I, I loved to make that kind of, a, you know, the new devices and the new experience. So the arcade is very fantastic, you know, because we can make anything from scratch. So no format and no limitation, just inspiration. I want to create this. And it's possible to, to make that. Yeah. You know, the business people and executive board people, you know, you know, so how is the business? Yeah. I, you know, we need to, to think about that, but basically no limit, no limitation. So... Yeah, amazing. Do, do you remember any of the things that you, you built when you were a kid? Uh, by myself? Yeah. Huh. Good question. I, yeah, actually, I don't remember that. But maybe, you know, I did the, uh, I made uh, the many things in my imagination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no money, no devices, you know, no computer at the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, just imagination. <laughs> and were you were you into art as well? Did you like drawing at, at school? I made the music video and oh, you did music videos and uh, movies. Yeah, it's like that. So you had a camera, of course. Yeah, yeah. And were you making music videos for songs that were popular, or or just for like you know your friends' music? Uh, yeah, both, both. I made uh, the music videos for my friends' band. And um, I also made kind of copy or remix of uh, some music videos, you know, existing the music videos yeah. like Sledgehammer and, uh, you know, Aha's Take On Me. As if- yeah, so new creative is, you know, the king. So, yeah, I learned a lot. Yeah, yeah I love the new order yeah. type of music videos, pretty artistic. Yes. I learned a lot. Then, I remember when um, Take On Me was in Samba de Amigo. Do you remember that? Oh, really? 
Yeah, <laughs> uh, at least in the Western version, yeah. Really? Uh, so you'd have to shake the maracas in time to it. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. But I remember, you know, that music video is amazing. Hand drawing, had a moving with the sound and the music as a great context, you know, narrative. This is like, you know, a metaphor of the current, you know, the situation. Like, you know, this is like a... Be in a virtual and a real thing, you know, turning the real and the virtual. And uh, the story is very beautiful. Music is very nice. Yeah, this is a, I felt, oh, this is a new media form and a new chemistry, you know, feel very emotional. Yeah, not only music, not only a movie, this is a new mariage. Yeah, but I felt, also, I had after you know the new inspiration. You know, if I can create a new interactive thing in the future, what kind of experience should I make? Yeah, that is uh, the, my pure, pure inspiration for the the future creation, like Res, Luminous, Space Channel Five, yeah, type of game. Yeah, it all comes out of the I suppose music videos and that idea how you can evolve the music video yeah. interesting and then w when you you go to university and study media aesthetics did you want to at that time become a film director was that the plan I wanted to be a music video director creator at the time yeah yeah this is true it's true but when I graduated the school as a great videos, music videos already existed. <laughs> so I thought, oh, should I make the new thing, new music video? Or should I go to the next future field? I mean, you know, the creative field. So I played the video games a lot and I loved. And some, some games really, you know, are very inspirational. Like, yeah, this is my second game today. Uh, this is a Xenon 2. What did you play that on? Amiga one. Amiga, yes. Amiga one. And my friend owned Amiga, so I sold it on to my friend's house. I was really shocked. Yeah. Oh, wow. This was really cool. And the cool graphics and the cool music. Uh, this is a shooter. I felt something different, you know, from the game. Very artistic. So I saw the package. I could see you know, beat my brothers and the boom the bass. That kind of you know the logos. The, oh, this is like the artist, very artist work. Yeah. So this is not you know typical game. And I felt oh the game artists and the game you know game makers and the game developers also you know artists. I got a great inspiration from that. You know, turn yeah. up to game. Yeah, the Bitmap Brothers, they're the uh, UK studio, and yeah, they had a very, um, they had a 
very advanced graphics, I suppose, didn't they? And like you say, always paired it with brilliant music. So yeah, it had a different feel to other games at the time, for sure, their work. That game gave, gave me, uh, you know, is a huge inspiration. And uh, that inspiration is getting the new game to me. Yeah, that is Rez. There is Rez. And uh, so I had uh, the session at the GDC uh, many years ago. And uh, yeah, I I mentioned about that in my session. And uh, you mentioned Xenon 2. Yeah, Xenon yeah. 2. And uh, after my session, I met Eric. Eric Matthews. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he was in the audience, was he? Yeah. When you gave a talk. Amazing. So that was <laughs> a big surprise to me. <laughs> and uh, I said to him, thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, that was a great moment to me. Yeah, amazing. What did he say to you? I forgot about that. He said, um, yeah, Rez is amazing, he said. So I think, it, yeah, he mentioned about Rez and I was so happy. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so I felt, oh, just like kind of soul, you know, creative soul from him to you know, into me, and um, yeah, that is really good flow. Yeah, this is like a you know creative reincarnation campaign. Yeah, so maybe yeah, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. The flow from his creativity inspiring you, and then you inspiring him in in return again with what you made. Yeah, it's amazing. Your uh, you know your work like xenon 2 and, and res they're, they're games that inspire a sort of flow state don't they where the world when you're playing the world dissolves and then you know you as the player become yeah. one you're just in the world and it's everything else is disappears what is it about the flow state that inspires you why do you like to make games that um give players that feeling oh good question so um the like a poem the Pong is a pretty simple game and the game mechanism. And the game is fun, even if, you know, black and white and the beep sounds. But the game is, you know, the changing and the revolutionized with technology. So how can we use technology as, you know, developer, to creator? Not only fun. So the game is, you know, we can mix the other feeling, like emotional thing. So... Fun plus something. The music is amazing for a music is also yeah, it's a wonderful medium. And uh it's very emotional and the narrative uh, story. Uh, uh something, you know, somebody you know the and uh, so that is the power of the music. If we can mix that kind of power with the game, what kind of things we can create? So twenty years ago. Uh, that was impossible to make that. But, uh, no, 30 years ago, that was impossible. But 20 years ago, it's getting possible to create that. And now is the great, great works are coming. So this is a part of the technology. How we use that technology, this is a very key thing, you know. So this is the inspiration of creativity all the time. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So you, you're at university and you've played Xenon 2 and you're thinking, oh, maybe I should not make music videos. Maybe I should try and make arcade games or video games. When did you hear about the job at Sega? And do you remember your interview? Yeah, that was 1989. I went to Sega and um, the company <laughs> and uh, reception <laughs> of Sega. And the ladies <laughs> said, yes, you know... Uh, was there, I asked her, you know, how can I enter Sega? Oh, you didn't have an appointment. You just turned up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All <first>. right. <laughs> first. So because uh, a, a month ago, I I saw the, the great, great arcade game at the game center. That was our 360. Uh, yeah, this is a, the huge giant game yeah. by Sega. Like a big gyroscope, wasn't it, that you sat in? Yeah, gyros- yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, I saw that in the game center. I was so shocked. What the... F- well, you know, what, what is this? And uh, it's a, this is a game? But I felt... Oh, this is a real future thing, you know. The huge machine is moving at a rolling, and uh, the player is sitting in a cockpit and playing the game. So, wow, wow, I want to make this. Who made this? And I saw the logo Sega. And then I went to the Sega, no appointment, and I asked a lady, you know, how can I work with, you know, the Sega? And, uh, what did she say? She said, you know, you should make an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> and then I called to Sega. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I want to I work with Sega. And uh, how? Huh. Wow. And did they, you know, I mean, were they eager to give you a job? <laughs> you know, it's quite unusual to get someone calling up <laughs> saying, I want to come and work for you. Did they straight away say, yeah, come and join us? Uh, not like simple uh, I met I met a few people but finally the head of R&D uh, Suzuki-san Suzuki Sashi Suzuki it's not you Suzuki Sashi Suzuki I met him and he listened to me I explained you know I want to make that kind of things and uh, my vision is like this and the game is not only game you know that uh, it's getting a 3D soon. Yeah, at the time, the 2D era, it's like a bitmap era. But I, 
you know, studied about the media aesthetics. And I went to, I went, went to United States, you know, to attend a CGRAPH and some computer uh, technology future kind of things. And then I, I had the confidence, you know, uh, the game industry will take that kind of a technology soon. And also I explained to him like, you know, the virtual reality experience. So she, I think she didn't know about virtual reality. You know, that was 1990. Wow. Yeah, I too early. But he said to me, oh, we are game company, but you are very eccentric. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> yeah, we should hire like, you know, like you, you know. Wow. Not many, but, you know, just only one guy. <laughs> it's a very eccentric guy. Joined to Sega. And maybe Sega will, you know, the change to the future. Wow. So, you know. So you've got, you've got Suzuki uh, yeah, to thank for it all. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I really thank to him, you know, Suzuki Sasan. Yeah. And then once, it, once you're at the company, obviously you, you make this VR headset, but then you do start to work on more traditional arcade games. So, at what point did you start working on Sega Rally? Did they did he put you on that team or did you come up with the idea? Before Sega Rally, I spent five years, you know, at Sega. I contributed to much more bigger thing, you know, not specific arcade games. It's like uh Joy Police type of, you know like the theme parks. Yeah. Yeah. Small theme park attractions. You know, kind of a CG movie type of production for simulator and uh i i was in a high-end side not real-time graphic side maybe you know in the future it's coming across so that was my vision and then the sega finally had uh you know real-time cg board you know model one model one yeah and the model two was uh with textures in real time and then the Suzuki-san said to me, you should make game. It's a very good time for you. He says, like, you know, to me like that. And uh, I started to make, I started to think of what should I make with Model 2. So the Sega had a really good rate, uh, rally, uh, no, racing game, like a bunch of racing. And uh, also the Daytona was uh, in action. I felt we should use the textures, you know, power into much more nature thing. So the suddenly I had the inspiration, oh, how's Rally? Because Rally is running in the great nature. There's forest uh, in the city, uh, snow. Yeah, so many conditions. So we can pay it. We can use the power of the texture into, you know, arcade game. And also I can use, you know, uh, the mechanics like a moving thing. <laughs> and uh, I put the many uh, actuators uh, in or under the seat and uh, into the steering uh, movement and a huge screen. So, uh, yeah, suddenly I had a, okay, let's make a Roddy game and then who can make this? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I made a team, but all 
20s, including me. Yeah, young people. So, so young people. Yeah. And uh, no experience, you know, and uh, no racing game experience. Just only a few people. <laughs> but. Right, yeah. That was so fun, you know, from the scratch. Okay, let's make it a very game. Let's go. Let's go to uh, desert. Yeah. Let's go to desert to shoot the pictures of the forest. Oh yeah, which which desert did you go to? Uh, we went to uh, not Europe. Just you know the image hunting. We went to United States, Nevada, and Arizona. Yeah, and uh, Yosemite. Oh, nice. That's very exciting. A whole group of you in your twenties flying around the world to take some pictures for your rally game. Yeah, amazing. That was really fun. That was really fun. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we uh, you have briefly mentioned this, but we should uh, talk about your third game for your perfect console, um, which was this gyroscope uh, machine. Do you remember which was your favorite game on that? Because there were a few games that came out for this arcade. The R360. Which one did you like playing the best? I think I played um, G-Lock. It's like Afterburner, yeah, wasn't it? kind of Afterburner, yes. Uh, yeah, so a dogfighting in jets yeah. type thing, and your body is thrown around all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing. Did you see that they found a? Um, did you read there was a news story a couple of years ago that they found an R three sixty arcade machine in a field in Northern Ireland? Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I'll send it to oh, you. Oh, really? Come yeah. on. Yeah, it's sad though because it's sort of rusty and it's been in the weather. Um, but yeah, they found it. Someone had obviously discarded it and they found it in the mud and someone took photographs. And <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. It's sad because they're quite rare, aren't they? The Sega didn't make very many. I think only 200 or something. Man. I think so. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just so expensive. <laughs> oh, was it? I think so. No, it's not cheap. Yeah, not cheap. So, but two hundred is just not. Yeah, this is the baby. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Did you get to make a make a game for it? The R three sixty or not? No. Um, when I joined to Sega, uh, I think the R three sixty is already existed, but um, I think the business point of view. It's not the great, um, you know, the income at the um, time, I think. So I had no money. chance to make that. Yeah. Ah, that's sad. You need to get one in the enhanced office in the corner. Then. <laughs> then. <laughs> Simon. Uh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait a sec. Uh, I need okay. the battery. I need battery. So please pause. Of course, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Miz has had to go off to find a charger for his MacBook. While he's doing that, I'm actually just going to look up this story that I mentioned there about the uh, Sega R360 being found in a field in Ireland. Here we go. Onktaku.com. 
www.ai.org.au Australia uh, last year an R360 cabinet so this story is from 2021 so they're referring to 2020 I guess uh, and it says last year an R360 cabinet was reportedly discovered in a field in Northern Ireland by Lee Peters a member of the retro Sega R360 and R360Z fan club on Facebook um, that's pretty amazing that someone from the fan club happened to find find a cabinet in the field a little suspicious almost anyway he said it had been left with uh, been left with a farmer in his yard from a local arcade in northern ireland and the owner never returned to pick them up and it's been there for years and uh, yeah so uh, we've got lee peters to thank for finding that although in the pictures it's in pretty bad nick i don't know how you can quite restore that uh anyway you can look that up on the internet and miss is on his way back so i'm going to ask him a bit about arcades now so when you you're going to edit them later right oh sure 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 yeah ah. so the um i'm interested because the you know you're you're you worked in the arcades and the game centers for for a long time making games for the for those but they've had a really hard, hard time particularly in japan the last 10 years do you, do you miss the arcades and you know, ever all the possibilities that they gave you as a designer. So, good question. Not so much, because you know, new tech coming, like you know, including VR. I miss the time, but I don't want to go back. And I also, you know, the new consoles like PS Five, Xbox, Xbox, PC, it's much more greater than the arcade era. Yeah, it used to be the arcades is where the most powerful machines were and in the house you had consoles that were less powerful, but that's not true anymore. Now the 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 powerful machines are in our houses, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think it, environment, like, uh, you know, the arcade center, you know, the game <laughs> center is so noisy. So if you play the game, <laughs> that, that kind of place, mm. you can't right. Set, right, focus <laughs> yeah. to play. <laughs> so oh, oh. so you, you work on um, Sega Rally Championship and then you're in Switzerland when you have this experience that um, changes your perspective on the kinds of games you want to make and leads you to work on Space Channel 5 and Res. Can you can you tell us what what were you doing in Switzerland and and what was this big dance event? Um, I had a uh, meeting with some car companies like Opel and Mercedes for touring car championship game. And uh, after that meeting, we stayed at Zurich in Switzerland. And um, I saw the many people wearing big colorful, had a crazy um, fashion and. Uh, you know, everybody, you know, playing the music. And uh, that was like a festival. And uh, suddenly I saw the mini trucks with the huge sound system and the DJ playing on that and, uh, you know, moving in the city. Yeah. That was a crazy uh, music festival. So that was street play. Uh, this is like a techno music festival. And... Uh, I didn't have much, you know, curiosity about the uh, techno music at the time. But I went to uh, the stadium 
the night and I saw hundreds thousand people moving with the music, mm. <laughs> not dancing, uh, dancing. But I, you know, I saw the people is moving with the music and the light colors, sound, the sound change, the people movements change. So this, that was very organic, and uh, I I couldn't move, and I saw that a long, long, long time. You just uh, stood there watching these tens of thousands of people moving in time with the music. So I had a, the the new inspiration, like oh, this is like a synesthesia, you know, Kandinsky said, Earth. and uh, music change, and the music has dynamics, colors. Even as a taste, feel, textures, and the feeling is changed. It's a very organic movement and uh, chemistry. This is Kandinsky, the, the artist who, who described, or who claimed to have synesthesia, didn't he? So he would see sound as color. And that was something that, that did you feel that yourself when, when you were at this event? Or was it just something that you wanted to try and explore in games? At the time, you know, uh, I was really shocked and uh, I had no the specific vision for the future but if I make something as a gay interactive thing so if I do something and sound change the visual change and if I feel something emotionally that continuing is getting the new experience what this is like you know that kind of inspiration but yeah that was a long long journey after that that was in 1997 uh in zurich and then i i'm getting the big fan of the electric music after that and uh, in my hand in my brain in my imagination very fuzzy image of the game you know becoming solid my imagination was, oh, this is like a shooter. Because, you know, I had a big, big influence from Xenon 2. And uh, when I played Xenon 2, sometimes I felt music. So that was like, you know, no quantization. It's the music it was music. Yeah. The game is game. That was cool, but this is separated. But in my imagination, how can we combine uh, each sound effect. So the explosions are in time with the music is what you mean by quantizing. Yeah. 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 If I shoot something, the sound effect I had and the continuing of the sound effects, getting the music. Mm -hmm. How? 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 <laughs> so this is <laughs> the long journey. But this is a good time to come to your fourth game. Um, and then we can talk about creating it. So yeah, tell us, what, what's the fourth game for your console? My fourth game is Res. So this is you start you start work on Res, you know, like you say after this experience in in Zurich. Um, you know, at what point does it all start to come together and feel like you understand the shape of it? So the racing game is like existing genre, but the music genre we had no music genre at the time. 
But my my inspiration was everybody, you know, the many people love their music. The many people love to play a game. How can we combine that? And the one one side, like the game, music-based game, like uh, like a parapa, the lapa. So you are tracing the beat and the you know the music, and then this is good or bad and uh, you know excellent or something. So this is really fun. But I wanted to use the power of the music into the another thing. So. The game is game. You don't need the rhythm. So I don't want to make the rhythm type of game. I don't want to use that kind of element into the game design. But as a result, you get the power of the music. That means, whoa, this is a feel good experience. I want to play again. I want to play again. And I feel something. What this feel? Those really tough approach. And uh, we made uh, many prototypes. Oh, this is not. Oh, this is good. Quantization. Oh, this is a quantization. This is a very key. So automatically, it's getting the music. Yes. That, would, that is really feel good. But that was not enough. So the made uh, many, many times, you know, the prototyping. Do you remember Res had a, you know, very memorable soundtrack and you had people like, uh, Adam Freeland and uh, Kenny Shi uh, gave tracks. Do you remember approaching them? Were you were you nervous that they would say no? You know that was that was really <laughs> nervous. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I brought the prototype to Europe, and uh, I met some people. Yeah, Adam. Yes. And also the Cold <laughs> Cut. Yeah, Ninja Tune, and uh, yeah, Kenny Shi too. Other people like. Yeah, the other artists, and uh, I explain about the concept, but at the time, maybe that was too new. So mostly artists couldn't understand what, you know, I'm talking about <laughs> the concept, but some artists had a, a, you know, curiosity and a sympathy and, oh, I'm going to join this. And uh, that, that sounds great. Yes. Oh, let's make that. So the finally, that artist joined to us. Yeah. And you were also at this time or a similar time, you're working on Space Channel 5, 1 and 2, which are a bit more like, as you mentioned, Parappa the Rapper. So it's it's more of a test of your rhythmic ability. Um, and you, you work on the second game with um, with Michael Jackson. Um, how did that come about? Oh, Michael Jackson. I miss him. <laughs> yeah, so he loved the game. He's a big Sega fan, wasn't he? He loved games. Yeah, game Sega fan and uh, any type of games, and including arcade games. He bought many arcade games in his house. So when he visited to Japan, he visited to Sega, and I uh, Sega executives you know, showed him the new thing, you know, new prototype. And uh, he he played the Space Shuttle 5 prototype. And uh, maybe he said, I was not there, but, you know, I heard, oh, he's, I think he said, oh, this is <laughs> my game. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Because, you know, the people yeah. are dancing with the music. Mm-hmm. It's, like, yeah. it's like a musical, right? And um, 
So, but honestly, you know, we had the great, great inspiration from his music videos. And uh, this is like a, you know, contribution to, you know, Michael Jackson at the time. So, you know, we respect him. We respect Michael Jackson. So if, you know, the Michael Jackson's music and the dance and the music video is getting interactive, what kind of thing we can create? That is inspiration. We are so surprised uh, because, you know, everybody loved him in my team. His offer, first offer from him, from Michael Jackson, oh, I want to be there. And I want to roll something. I want to be in the game, he was saying, was he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the special FI. But we had no time, right? Just only two months until the end of the production. Bad timing. So, but, bad timing, so bad timing. <laughs> so, but we want to work with him, but we should say, oh, you know, sorry, we can't create the good thing, you know, because we have no time. So maybe special Channel 5 sequel, we can, we can work with him, um, you know, together. And, uh, but we had an idea, you know, okay, so if we offer to him, it's a very small, small role. Yeah. It's not the main character. Yeah. Kind of a cameo. This is a, you know, yeah. kind of a hidden, you know, secret character. Like, yeah, yeah. The Michael Jackson appeared in the game and uh, Alien, the fighting is with Alien and uh, Michael Jackson forced to dance by them. And the people save. If the people can save him, everybody yeah. uh, walk like a Michael Jackson. Maybe he refused, you know, that kind of, oh, this is a small, small role and I don't want to be there. Yeah, we expected that. But his answer is, oh, this is a great idea. Oh, nice. <laughs> and then, oh my gosh, you know. So we made, you know, just only three weeks, finally. And uh, we got, a, you know, the voice from him. But uh, we asked him to, you know, retake the voice because the level, sound level is so, was so low and his tension was so low at the time. So I asked him, you know, please do it again. Give me <laughs> another shot. <Yeah. laughs> and, uh, so much more, you know, more energy. Yeah. Emotional and, uh, you know, energy and screaming and, uh, please and please. And, uh, finally I, we got a uh, new <laughs> nice demo tape. Oh, man. Okay, we should we should come to your fifth and your final game. Can you tell us about it? Uh, the fifth game is Luminous. This is also my game. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, Res is great to to me and to my team. You know, five years ago, six years ago, we made a Brazil Infinite. Hey. We could mm-hmm. make the PR finally. Yeah, this is a never-ending project to me. And the Luminous is also never-ending project to me. Yeah, you want to keep adding to it. So this is a musical 
puzzle, kind of the same mechanism as res. So each sound quantize has the music. You play the luminous as a game, but the feeling is changing. Like, oh, I'm playing the music instruments. So this is the key mechanism of the luminous. Res and luminous. But res is too deep. And uh, not so many people can, you know, play. Because uh, the shooter uh, is not so wider genre, you know. You have to be, you know, good at video games to finish res, don't you? Whereas Luminez is more accessible like Tetris, right? And then uh, we made a Tetris effect. That was 1980, 2018, you know, four years ago. And so that, the basic mechanism was is Tetris game mechanism and the mechanism of the synesthesia. You know, we made on Luminous. And uh, this is like, you know, combination and the Marianne. The Tetris, Tetris effect, those recreate the game for us. A million people playing that game. Wow. So, yeah. you know, including the VR and including the Switch and the many platforms we provide a game. But successful, very successful game for us. But behind the success, the mechanism of the Luminous exists. Yes. Luminez was where you honed that style of game that you were then able to take to Tetris for Tetris Effect. Yeah. 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 So to me, um, it's, yeah, it's a great game to me. Mm. Yeah, very important. And also, this is that, you know, this is a never-ending project. Uh, we want to pursue, you know, for the future. Mm. So, you know, create and what. I'm always thinking of what is a new experience, like, you know, the luminous experience for the future. My team and I thinking about that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Miz. It's been so good to hear your choices. Um, we've got Pong, we've got Xenon 2, uh, G-Lock on the R360, Res and Luminous. We need a name for your console that we can sell to the world have you got an idea for what we can call it what do you mean like uh like <laughs> you have the sega mega drive this is going to be the mizuguchi what uh, what could we call your your game machine um, synesthesia the synesthesia perfect that's very good um <laughs> well thank you for your time before before i let you go i've just got a couple of very quick questions so um you know we've talked about some of your games one that we didn't mention was child of eden the xbox the game head. which used the connect ca- camera and it was a really wonderful game but it's it's hard to play today can we ever expect child of eden to have the res infinite treatment and come to ps5 or something yeah you should ask the ubisoft anyway Ah, okay. Right. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> uh, and then, um, okay, well, and lastly, you know, I know that, you know, you said that Res has been this ongoing project and your life's work in some ways. You, you're constantly evolving that game. Um, but I think people are eager too for a, for a new Mizuguchi game that they can play at home. Um, what kind of game would you like to to bring to the world next? So um, I want to use a new tech. So new technology always, always give me the fresh and a new inspiration. What kind of tech are you interested in? Any technology, you know, uh, sensors, visual, audio, device, 
yeah, what is the next of the VR? Like, yeah, like, you know, child of reason, the, you know, we use the Kinect technology. And uh, recently, you know, we are making the game on VR2. So this is optional, but we love to create that resulting in the Tetris effect. Yeah, so we want to keep that kind of a style. The making the game, this is a hybrid, the game on the new console and new technology and try to show, you know, to the screen both. The game is the same, but experience is different. That kind of style we love. And uh, my future game is any game should be synesthesia experience. Yeah, I want to make much more greater synesthesia experience. So I want to spend my rest of time in my life. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you, Miz. It's been so good to, to talk as ever. And um, Oh, yeah. thank, thank you, you, Simon. Yeah, that was a great time. That was great. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Tetsuya Mizuguchi there. Uh, what a lovely, lovely man he is, and um, what a uh, fantastic set of of games he has created. I've you know spoken to Miz quite a few times over the years, but this was perhaps the first time that I've really appreciated just quite how quite what an eccentric hire he was for Sega in the 1980s. You know, just turning up. At their offices because he's seen the word Sega on the side of an arcade cabinet and uh, is interested in making something with this new interesting technology, this gyroscopic technology and turning up at the desk and saying, I want to come and work for you because I want to make that kind of thing. And um, the head of R&D just saying, well, look, you know, maybe Sega could use having having a person like you. Not too many of them, but maybe just one, Mizuguchi. Yeah, I think we can forgive him as well for picking uh, a couple of the games that he's worked on because he really wanted to tell the story of his uh, career in games. And uh, as we were discussing at the end there, Rez has in many ways been his life's work, the thing that he returns to time and time again over the decades and upgrades for new hardware and for uh, new sensory um, experiences that he can add to that original template but if you do go back uh, and play the original on the Sega Dreamcast or on PlayStation 2 uh, it's still an extremely fine game and in some ways the embellishments that have happened in the years since have, have all been interesting but they haven't um, they haven't revolutionized that incredible first draft that was Res. Of course, it's been picked by a couple of my previous guests on my perfect console. Uh, Phil Fish, for example, picked picked Res uh, on his very fine console that he put together. It is a connoisseur's choice, I would say. Uh, and if you are yet to play it, then now is as good a time as, as ever. You can pick it up for your PlayStation 5 and, uh, and for your Xbox One as well, I believe, in its most recent iteration. 
you can uh, write to me at myperfectconsole at gmail.com with any comments or suggestions or uh, encouragement. Uh, thank you to those of you who do. Um, I do get quite a lot of, of mail. It's not really for reading out, I don't think, but um, it is all read by me and I try to respond to, to every one of you. So thank you for those of you who do that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Simon Parkin and you can follow the podcast as well at My Perfect Console with the O's removed from console. If you want to support the podcast financially, head to Acast Plus at My Perfect Console and for £3 a month, you can get your episodes 24 hours early and ad free. We've got some great guests coming up. We've got some great guests that we've had before. If this is the first episode that you've found because you were a Tetsuya Mizuguchi fan, then I do encourage you to go back listen to some of our other guests. We've had people from the worlds of uh, video games, of course, but also from film and TV, from comedy, from music, and uh, trying to expand and diversify the list of guests all the time. So, um, yeah dig into the archives please do that okay well i'll be back again next week with a new guest with their five games and one more perfect console until then Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey. It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.